So, and then evil is becomes part of the human being, and um, you become like this whole mixture where a person, it's almost impossible to do everything or perfectly correct. And this continued until the time of the giving of the Torah. That's the beginning of the paragraph. Beginning of the to- giving of the Torah, you have that over there? Okay. Because then that negative sense that was inside of them, then it, it ended. And then, so there was Gan Eden. Then there was life in our world, regular humankind stuff. Then we got back to Harsinai. And at Harsinai, we were able to become these super pure individuals again, free from the, free from the internal Yetzirah, free from the evil being inside of us, until 40 days later, where we blew it with the Chet Egel. And then Amur Abbasenu Shabbat Satan V'irvev, that the Satan comes and gets mixed into us again. Hainu Shabbat meaning he came from the outside, because originally he was kicked out of us during that time. Now through the Chet Egel that became internalized again, that negative stuff. It was, everybody was around. They were not, um, they, were, they, they didn't participate. Everyone else at least sat on the fence, which, yeah, which is as bad as doing it. And uh, frankly, and um, and as a result, this whole Klaliso fell down this Madrega, and it, Hashem was not selective about who got the Yitzhara back. And therefore, it mixed back into them like at first. Now, this is what it means when he, Hashem says to Adam Arishon, the day you eat from the Eitz Hadas, you're going to die. It was not a curse and it was not a punishment. That wasn't the point of the, the going to die. Because Hashem doesn't just curse us. If you eat from the Eitz Hadas, evil, bad, is going to be inside of you. So how are you ever going to be purified unless you separate from it? How does one separate from it? And, and why does Hashem want us to separate from it? So that... That's a good thing for us. It's good ultimately for our neshama to be free from the shmutz that comes with this badness. So, so therefore a person has to die. A person's outer physical trappings have to rot in the kever. And th- as much as we look at that as like, uh, oh, that sounds so horrible... That's really that negative side of ourselves or the, the, the etadas part of ourselves 
that dissolves into nothingness, leaving us with our pristine neshama. This is the same Indian of that which Hashem Yisbarach said, Man is going to be like one of us. Right, it's a fascinating thing. The, Adam was not told not to eat from the Eitzachayim. It's like something that if you ask a kid, what are the two trees in the Gan Eden, two famous trees? So there's the Eitzachayim, tree of life, and the Eitzadas, Tovarah, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then kids, I just, whatever, I always thought that like, Adam and Chava were not allowed to eat from either of them. Not true. Adam and Chava were more than welcome to eat from the Eitzachayim, if they wanted to. They were not allowed to eat from the Eitzadas. After they ate from the Eitzadas, then Hashem said, we got to get these guys out of here because I don't want them to eat from the Eitzachayim. Why not? Was it a punishment? So it says, no. Doesn't Hashem want good for us? So what's wrong with eternal life? What's, why shouldn't they eat from the Eitzachayim? The point is like this. If a person would eat from the Eitzachayim and live forever, a person would remain without being fixed. That there is never a time that the evil becomes purged from inside of them. A person is going to eternally have this evil inside of them. He's not going to be able to have the light and the goodness of Hashem is in his life. Therefore, for the good of man, he's kicked out of Gan Eden so that he can die and then end up with a full-fledged tikkun. So through Misa and through whatever happens to a dead body in the caver, that is what ends up purifying the person. Yeah. So theoretically, if someone completely conquered the Yetzirah and they wouldn't eat a tea, they would live forever. I didn't say David like he knocked down the Yetzirah. One second. V'zeu inyin hadalat shemeso be'etchev shal nachash. This is the idea of the four people that died because of the bite of the snake. What does that mean? They themselves never sinned. So, nonetheless, they still needed to die. I mean, sort of like exactly to your point. They, they needed to have death because whether or not they were able to avoid hate or they were able to overcome the Yetzirah on a constant basis, if this is inside of them, they will not be fixed without getting rid of it. Like, uh, yeah, it's just part of you. It's just part of you. Um, and that's uh, why, because of the Chayda of Adam Arishon that happened through, um, because of the, the Nachash. 
so at the bottom over here, yeah. The body's not getting fixed. It's the neshama has to be fixed. Right. Well, the but the neshama. on, the body will come back as it's that one bone that's going to leave. Hang on, yeah, yeah. The, the neshama is fixed because it gets to separate from everything physical. Right. It has to go through purification. Well, the the separation from the body is it's is painful, and yeah, is it's whatever else you know. So in order to purify, you got to go through whatever, whatever the Gehenim they got to go Well, if somebody needs Gehenim, they need Gehenim. But, you know, even a person who's Gehenim free, but that, that separation needs to happen. That's, that's his point, is that even the people who didn't sin still need to separate. So on the bottom of mine over here, he asks a question. He says, Chanoch and Elio never died. So if they didn't die, so then how did, how does that work? Don't, don't you need to? So he says, first of all, one thing he gives is, he says that there, the, the evil within them became so not part of them, it became sort of like this thing that maybe, maybe, maybe it could have been jogged loose inside of them somehow, but that really it was something that they had no connection to. That's number one. And number two is he says that there were, there had to be Nisham, basically, like Hashem wanted there to be in the world an example of what could have been. Other Mauritian could have been this person, and we would have followed him, that didn't have a Yetzirah and could have lived forever. And he blew it. So, it's almost like, so in our world, is the, like, is there anything that we can like touch or taste or feel that would give us a sense of that? So Hashem had a couple of people, Chanoch and Eliyahu, who never had to die. To give us that sense that such a thing is a theoretical possibility. Not, not for the everyday guy, but there were these two special neshamas that were prepared for this world to be able to be something that we could point to and say, ah, you see, immortality is something that is, we, we have a, a shaykhas of some form of like vague connection to it. It's something that is, you know, at least theoretically attainable. If there's no yetzer there's no free will. So how does that work? There is free will. There's you could do whatever you want. You just may not want it. You can't do bad. You can't. Why not? Because there's no yetzer telling you to do bad. You don't necessarily. So the the way the way he would explain it is that does an animal have the capacity? Or, I uh, forget about an animal. Do you ha- does a person have the capacity to jump into a fire? Capacity, I suppose. Right? Yeah. Now, naturally, we'll run away from fire. Does that mean we don't have Bechira to run into fire? So, the idea that we didn't have a Yetzirah, it was just like, it was something that was like so obviously like, uh, no, that's fire, why would I go there? So of course no one would choose it, but I I could, I could have the choice. I could I could walk in right there, and in fact, 
So think about it like this, to play that forward. When would we look at someone, and now if somebody was just like a random guy and then somebody yelled, you know, like so you're sitting in a movie theater and somebody yells fire and everybody runs for the doors and somebody else runs in, right? The guy who runs in is nuts, right? That's like, you're off your rocket, what are you doing? Now, if the guy who runs in to the fire is a fireman and he knows that there's somebody who you know, who can't walk and he wants to save the person, then we look at the person and we say, wow, that person is, maybe he's doing something, maybe he's making a choice that 99% of people won't, won't make, but in a certain way, he's trying to do something heroic. And, and he's overcome maybe the natural choice that he would make to go and do this. Adam and Chava, for whatever reason, they felt that they were going to do something heroic by getting themselves the Yetzirah, they, they took the plunge into that place that no one would normally go. Like, what's the matter with you? Like, why would you want a Yetzirah? <laughs> like, get out of here. Like, I don't want that. So we, now that we have one, we know that. But they were like, no, this would be so cool. Imagine if we had a Yetzirah and we still served Hashem. Let's do it. So they were like, they were running into fire, not like crazy people, but they were running into fire because they felt like we're going to accomplish something super special by doing this. Not recognizing that, that yeah, you're playing with fire, right? It's a lot easier than it looks. Or it looks a lot easier than it is. So that, so choice they always had, and, that's, and they ended up taking that choice. The ridiculousness of the choice was there, but the, the ingredients for somebody making the ridiculous choice were also there. And then they chose to do that. And that's, that's why they ended up getting there. And here we are, right? Um, and this is the way it's going to continue until Mashiach comes, until the end of days. Where we say We say that like so, so at the end of days There's no more death in the world What do you mean there's no more death? It's because like you know We can uh, You know it's just going to be this like wonderful You know uh, Utopian Shangri-La No It's because You don't need death It just becomes an unnecessary thing So once it's unnecessary It's not going to happen because Ra is going to disappear from reality. Which is um, what we are going to be davening for um, on, on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We say, right, we have, we have all of the Atta Kadosh, and then we say, right, so Hashem, make it that. Um, you know, that, that, uh, that, 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 that you rule and that people fear you and that you have this fear. And the, what we lead into is, and then we are going to have and all the evil should just disappear like smoke. And at that point, what happens is our world becomes that Utopia that, that, that we're all dreaming of. Not utopia in that there is no death, but the, in, the, is, the fact that there is no death, that's just a byproduct of the real utopia, which there is no evil. If there is no evil, there's no need for death. 
that's part of what we're davening for. What we're davening for is, it's not so much about ourselves, it's not about having a good life. It's about davening for, that's, that is the ultimate, that's when the ultimate revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes about. So that's, that, that's, that's like the angle of, of what that tefillah is, is, uh, is, is, is all about. Okay, so now let's just see this Haggad number two over here, um, where he says, this is what it means when it says in, in our brachos that Hashem has sanctified us with his mitzvahs. Right? We say in all of the Yom Tov Davenings, and Hashem should, should sanctify us with your mitzvahs. As soon as it enters a person's thought process, hey, maybe I should do a mitzvah. There's immediately an impression that's made on high, all the way at the root. And that brings a special light onto a person. As soon as a person has a thought of doing a mitzvah, it brings a kedusha to the person, where there's this light that surrounds him. Because of mefurish vis kadashtem v'yisem kedusha, and sanctify yourselves and be holy. Sanctify yourselves and be holy. Chumamarim kolam kadosh atzmo milmata. Somebody who sanctifies himself in this world—that's the desire to do a mitzvah. Mikachino so milmala. So then kedusha comes from on high. So the root of that mitzvah becomes like awakened and casts its uh, light down on you. Somebody who is Makadish himself down low. So down here in this world, so Hashem, it, it is he is he becomes sanctified from above, and the kedusha comes from above. The kedusha sharia leha. The kedusha of Hashem uh, rests on the person. If a person, what a person does down here is kedusha. So then that. Again, it triggers a kedusha from on high, which comes and dwells on a person, and a person becomes sanctified with that. Similarly, it says in Parshas Kedoshim, as soon as a person down here wants to do something in the right way, as soon as a person has that intent, Big kedusha shines down from above, <coughs> and with that act, a tremendous kedusha comes from on high to sanctify him. Somebody who comes to make kedusha, he gets kedusha. That again, a, a, a spirit of a higher Kedusha rests on a person. Like it says, And then through that Kedusha and that light that surrounds, 
A person becomes cleaving to Hashem even in life. That you can cleave to Hashem your God even when you are still alive. It's not just a post-death thing that you can get closeness to Hashem even here in this world. And then, and this is kind of like the, the whole idea of like mitzvah, goreris mitzvah, like doing a good deed brings on another good deed. It's that when, when I have this desire to do a mitzvah, it triggers this kedusha from above. The kedusha from above, uh, it kind of stimulates me to want to continue or to, to carry through that thought. There are lots of things I think about doing throughout my day. But it is something that like stimulates me and it sets off like this chain reaction. The more I, I'm getting involved in the mitzvah, the more I'm setting something off up there that's going to come down and you know, give me another little shove in that direction. And all of this is happening even in life. How? Halavai. Yeah. Um, the, the, I mean, I think that the idea would be that, like, the, the, the purer one's intentions are, the more this works for them. Listen, they say about the Vulnagon, right, that he slept two and a half hours out of every 24. How'd he do it? That's probably how he did it. It was coffee. It was coffee on steroids. You know, but because of the way he was doing it, that's how it worked, you know? Um, okay. Okay. And that's the concept of somebody who comes to be matar to be himself. So then it is able to help the person along. And then it draws the person to do more mitzvahs, other mitzvahs. To the point where like the guy sitting in Gan Eden. He's like under the, 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 the shade of Hashem. And then the person becomes like totally like under the, the realm of Hashem. Yetzahar is... He's booted out of there. That's what it means when it says that a mitzvah brings along a mitzvah. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Yeah.